This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit App Chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Back in for hour number two of the program here on Wednesday. Coming up in the next hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell for Midweek with the Mayor. We'll talk with him about some things that are going on in the city. And we will also take your phone calls for him. And you can also call anytime in this hour at 508-996-0500. You can send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can send us open line voicemail messages via the WBSM app. But we got uh, an app chat message that actually came in last night. This comes from Steph in East Freetown. Tim, fantastic job unscrewing us all here in Freetown. <laughs> Thank you for investing skills and letting us know on Monday. So, yes, if you hadn't heard, Kate just mentioned it in the news. The Freetown Screw Bandit was uh, allegedly caught. The Freetown police arrested a man yesterday who lives on South Main Street. In the area where these screws have been found on the road, they arrested him for driving his vehicle unregistered, uninsured, and with a revoked license. And so he was pulled over, and when they looked in his car, they found screws in the driver's side door, you know, the little storage storage parts over there in the door. They all have buckets and all those little things now. They found uh, screws in there and in the center console. And the screws matched the ones that were found in the road. So they think they've got their guy. This is um, 56-year-old Peter Vasconcellos who lives right around the corner there of South Main Street and Copacut Road. And the police say in their release that somebody had been intentionally placing these screws along South Main Street. So they believe that this is the person that's been doing that. However, they can't charge him with that because, and this is just, this is not something that they've written in the release. This is just something that I'm extrapolating uh, from my own understanding of the situation. But you can't, there's no crime in throwing screws in the road. That's just littering, which is a civil infraction, which is a fine, which I'm sure he will be fined for that. If, if they can definitively prove that he was doing it. I think just finding them in the truck and then being on the road doesn't mean that he put them in the road in a legal sense. Of course, in a common sense sense, it absolutely does. But I think that they need to prove the vandalism aspect of it and they need to prove that he was endangering people. So that's why the police are asking if you have had your vehicle damaged by driving down South Main Street, and I know many of you have, because you posted the photos, the receipts. You talked about how you paid $400 for a tire, went down that road again a week later and needed to get another tire. So if you have all of that documentation, if you've had an experience like this, reach out to the Freetown Police Department, Detectives Patrick Lee and Shane Kelly, and tell them your story. Let them know what happened because that will help them build their case for further charges against this suspect. 
The good thing is, hopefully now, this puts an end to the screw bandit. Now, again, I don't want to impugn this person's character until they've had their day in court, but some of the folks that know him have been commenting on social media that he has been very visible in his dislike for the trucks that go down that road. So the theory that this was somebody who doesn't like trucks using that portion of the road was doing this to mess with the trucks apparently holds water. Apparently that is what was going on. But as, you know, John, who called in yesterday and is a truck driver himself, you know, he said what, these these screws aren't really going to do much to the tires that we we drive. Yeah, they're going to make it so we have to put a patch in it. But we're, it's not it's not nearly the nuisance that this person thinks that it is. And I had written about it yesterday in the story because I just found it when I was searching the Freetowners group for any posts about screws. But it's also come back up in that conversation with the, the residents in that group that there was a complaint almost a year ago about this, too. So it's and that was on Copacut Road, which, again, this person lives like at the corner of Copacut Road and South Main Street. So probably the same person. Which means, you know, allegedly he's been doing this for a year now. And I just I, I don't understand why it took until now to catch him. I'm sure we'll get some more details at some point. And I was saying in the last hour, you know, is it because we wrote a story about it and talked about it on the radio that police finally said, you know what, let's go let's go get the guy because we know who it is. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just a coincidence because think of all the people that have lost tires and had damage done. But again, the Freetown police do a great job. So I don't I don't really want to question if they knew about this and waited to act. They do a fantastic job over there. Chief Abbott does a great job with that entire department. So I'll I'll chalk it up to coincidence. The bottom line is, hopefully, this means the end of the Freetown Screw Bandit and it's safe to travel down South Main Street again. But what kind of person does that? I mean, it's obvious that this person has some issues. But who who puts people at risk like that? Anyway, 508-996-0500. We also had your bear update in the last hour. The bear was last seen in, in Mattapoiset last night. If you want to check out our bear tracker that we have put up at WBSM.com and on the app, you can go right to it, and it has little bears all over the south coast where he's been seen. And when you hover over that bear, it'll show you any photos that we may have or links to any stories that we may have written. And then there's also a list of all the stories and sightings in there, too, to make it easy for you, to have everything in kind of in one place for you uh, for you bear enthusiasts. I know there's a lot of people out there who have been excited about this and following along with it, so we made that possible for you. Uh, one thing that I saw this morning, you know, we've got, uh, I've got channel five on, on the TV here in the studio. And one thing that I saw is that it looks like Massachusetts educators are proposing a ban of cell phones in the classroom. And this is a topic that's come up quite a bit in recent years about how much we want to allow kids to have their phones on them in the classroom that, you know, maybe it's possible to just have the phone in the classroom, maybe there's a, a 
you know, like one of those things that you have on the back of your door where you can hang your shoes. You put your shoes in a little slot and it hangs on the back of your door. Maybe they could have something like that for cell phones and that kids come into the classroom, they put them in there, and then they go and take their seats. And they can pick up the phone when they leave the classroom at the end of class. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's kind of a, that's an open invitation for problems. Because somebody's going to take another kid's cell phone, even if they're not trying to steal it, they're just trying to, you know, get to it and, like, type something on their social media as a joke. You know, like, Jimmy wants to steal Joe's cell phone so he can go on Instagram and post a photo of, you know, an unflattering photo of Jimmy or he wants to put, you know, Joe is the best person that I've ever met in my life on, on the kid's social media. You know, whatever it might be. Dumb stuff. Doesn't even have to be anything with a negative intention but a distraction nonetheless. And you might be causing more distraction than the actual cell phone is. The problem is, is as we've got this explosion now of artificial intelligence and things like chat GPT, you can't, I mean, it's already enough for teachers to have to worry about things that are done as homework being legitimate. You know, so if you're an English teacher at, a high school on the South Coast, and you say to your kids, I want you to go home tonight and write an essay on the rhyme of the ancient mariner. You've got to worry if the next day when you're reading those essays, were they really written by the student or did they create them in chat GPT? But at least in the classroom, you say, think to yourself, well, here they have to write it and I have to see them write it, but do you? Couldn't they just open up chat GPT on their phone because there is an app for it now. Couldn't they just open that up and tell chat GPT to write an essay of the rhyme of the ancient mariner. And maybe they sneak that under their desk a little bit or in their lap so they can read it. And they're just copying what's on the screen. You know, I know, I know math education these days involves teaching kids to use calculators. And when I was a kid, when I was in school, people complained about that. They said, why do you let kids use calculators? It's not like they're going to carry a calculator with them everywhere they go. They're going to need to learn to do this. It's not like they're going to have a calculator in their pocket. Well, as it turns out, we do. So we, we just need to u- learn how to utilize the calculator. We don't need to u- learn to utilize to do the math formulas in our head. Is it still better to know? Sure. But I think, you know, a majority of adults anyway, people who went and studied this in school without the use of calculators would still rather use the calculator if they had the option. So that is the catch-22 of having phones in the classroom. They're going to be part of who we are as human beings going forward. But is it too much of a distraction? Is it too much of a temptation to cheat? I mean, think about all the things that have been going on for as long as we've had smartphones. Where you give a kid a test and they might not know the answer, but they can Google it on their phone when the teacher isn't looking. Some parents are concerned if their kid doesn't have their cell phone in their hand throughout the course of the day. If their kid doesn't have access to their cell phone at all times. You know, obviously they don't want their kid having it out on the desk and being distracted while they're supposed to be learning. But if something happens in school or if something happens at home and they need to reach the student, they want to be able to have that instant access to them. So a ban on classroom phones would actually, you know, cell phones in the classroom would actually be 
a negative for those parents, even though they have you know no desire to see their child use it inappropriately or to be distracted by it. But they just want that safety and security of knowing that the kid has access to it at all times. So it's a really, really interesting dilemma about how to go forward with it. Because if you're somebody who is, you know, today there's an election in Rochester that the school committee election is defined by complete and different viewpoints on a number of topics. But all of the candidates have talked about wanting to make sure that kids are, you know, safe and secure in school. And I'm sure for a lot of them, that means having access to a phone. If you think about it, you know, if you go back to, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take it to the extreme example of a school shooting, but those Columbine kids didn't have phones in their pockets. And looking at how much it's changed, you know, 25 years later, how much has it changed? 24. But how much has it changed? Would having phones in the classroom make a difference in those situations? Maybe not, but certainly it makes a difference in if, you know, a, a grandparent goes to the hospital and you need to let the student know. And I don't even know how that works for students, for, for teachers these days. Because when I was a kid, if something happened, even if it was I was able to drive myself as a senior or a junior, and I was able to go home on my own, sign myself out if I needed to, you know, the parent called the school to tell them what was going on. Now the kid is just going to go up to the teacher and say, hey, my mom just called me. My grandpa's in the hospital. I got to leave. But there's a lot of interesting questions that come up with the idea of cell phones in schools. And you also have to be forward thinking. You know, five years ago when this conversation might have been happening in some schools and they decided, you know what, it is okay for kids to have their, their phones with them as long as they don't keep them on the desk and as long as they're not distracted by them as classroom instruction is going on. Well, yeah, that was five years ago. That was before there were all these opportunities for them to use artificial intelligence to cheat. And there's only going to be more technological advances in the future that will make the phones more of a portal for those kind of things. 508-996-0500. Going to take a break. Be back in a few moments. If you also want to send us an app chat message, you can do that as well on the WBSM app. Them. We are the G-Funk of your morning radio. It's the G-Funk era. Well, I want to thank our friend uh, over at uh, Southeastern Mass Alerts on Twitter, which you can follow at Metro underscore notify. 
He let us know that right now there is a, uh, a traffic incident on Route 495 North in Middleborough near the way stations. There is a tractor trailer rollover out there. So if you're heading up 495 in the area of Middleborough by those way stations, which is kind of right before where you would go on a 24, uh, there's a tractor trailer rollover there. So be aware of that. And uh, also be aware of the fact that you can call in at 508-996-0500. And that's also the number to call in in the next hour when Mayor Mitchell is here with us. Uh, so the news is that um, Ron DeSantis is going to announce his run for presidency and the Florida governor is going to do so in an appearance on Twitter with Elon Musk. Now, Elon is looking to put more video content on Twitter uh, he hired somebody from NBC Universal to take over operations of Twitter, and so they want to have more video content. I think that's why you've seen Tucker Carlson doing things there. But it's a smart strategic move to have the probably biggest challenger to Donald Trump announce on Twitter, right? Because Donald Trump took so many of his followers with him over to his Truth Social Network. And I don't think that Elon Musk wants to tell people, hey, you have to choose Twitter or Truth Social. I think that he is perfectly fine having both exist. But how many Republicans left Twitter and went over to Truth Social and really haven't found their way back to Twitter? They w Especially those who follow Trump. They would have if Trump had gone back, but he hasn't really made that decision yet. I guess there's a campaign Twitter, but I don't think he's personally gone back to it. So this is a smart move for Elon Musk to pull in Ron DeSantis to have him make this announcement on Twitter because maybe you get some of those conservatives that left to come back now. And I'm sure you don't have to have a Twitter account to watch it. Maybe you do. He's putting some, some weird restrictions on some things to try and build up membership. But uh, in the past, you know, if you like I know when Tucker Carlson put up his video, his first video there, you didn't need to have a Twitter account to view it. You just had to go to the Twitter page. So I don't know how much that's going to change in the future, but it's a smart strategy if you are the business person that owns Twitter to try to get back some of those folks that might have left. And maybe they come over and they watch that and they're like, oh, yeah, let me check on some of these accounts I used to follow. And they spend a little bit of time on Twitter and they say, oh, this isn't what I remember it being. This is better, you know, from their perspective. I don't know. All I know is that every time I open up Twitter now, I am getting, you know, conservative accounts, conservative information. I don't know if the algorithm is targeting me for that for some reason, but that's what I get. And I've talked to other people who say, yeah, I see a lot of that when I open Twitter too. So maybe, you know, this is part of that design is building the algorithm to feed that so that when you have an event like this where people are going to come over, it entices them to want to stay. You know, on Twitter, you'll always find what it is that you want to find. And you can always curate it the way that you want to curate it. But how much of it is fed to you, first off, is um, is something that I'm very interested in. You know what else I'm interested in? Everything else that's going on in the news. And Kate Robinson can tell us all about it in the WBSM Newsroom. A man arrested for crashing a truck into barriers at the White House is due in federal court today. The Secret Service interviewed the 19-year-old from Missouri Monday night, just hours after they say he flew into Dulles International Airport and rented a U-Haul truck. He reportedly said his goal was to, quote, get to the White House, seize power, and be put in charge of the nation. 
Florida lawmakers are sending a bill to Governor Ron DeSantis's desk that aims to clarify the state's resign to run law. Florida law currently requires an elected state official to resign before running for federal office. State Bill 7050 was passed last month, but not sent to the governor's desk until Tuesday, the day before DeSantis is expected to announce his candidacy for president. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is ordering all flags statewide to be lowered to half-staff today on the anniversary of the Uvalde school shooting. Abbott issued the order on Tuesday in remembrance of the 19 students and two teachers who died in last year's shooting at Robb Elementary School. The days of Netflix subscribers sharing their passwords are coming to an end. Trey Thomas has more. The streaming service began emailing customers Tuesday about its new password policy. Subscribers are given two options, transfer a profile to a new membership or share an account with someone outside their household for about an extra eight bucks a month. I'm Trey Thomas. A group of Chinese citizens is suing Florida over a law that bans them from buying property in some parts of the state. The law, set to take effect in July, prevents people from so-called foreign countries of concern from buying land and homes within 10 miles of a military installation. China is on that list, along with Russia, Iran, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela, and Syria. The suit, filed Tuesday in federal court, says the law stigmatizes communities and casts a cloud of suspicion over anyone of Chinese descent looking to buy property. The plaintiffs argue the law violates the Fair Housing Act. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed the bill into law this month, claiming its goal was to counteract the malign influence of the Chinese Communist Party in the state of Florida. The poem read by poet Amanda Gorman at President Biden's inauguration is being moved to a different section of a Florida school library after a parent complaint. The Bob Graham Education Center Library removed the hill we climb from the elementary school section into the middle school section. The Miami Lakes School says it's more appropriate in the new location. The move was made after a parent complained that the poem was not educational and contains indirect, quote, hate messages. Gorman tweeted Tuesday that robbing children of the chance to find their voices in literature is a violation of their right to free thought and free speech. Target is pulling some of its gay pride merchandise after several employees were threatened by violent customers. On Tuesday, the company released a statement saying since they introduced the collection, employees have experienced threats to their safety. So they'll be removing items that have, quote, been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. As the weather warms up, rattlesnakes come out of hibernation, and each year about 9,000 people are bitten by rattlesnakes in the U.S., but only about 15 die. Bree Tennis explains why the odds may be in your favor. According to the Natural History Museum in L.A., you're eight times more likely to die from a TV falling on you than getting bitten by a rattlesnake. Now some scary things. They can strike you at a distance of two-thirds their total body length. But you can outrun them. They top out at five miles an hour. They can swim, and they can bite you even when they're dead. If you are bitten, there's anti-venom, but it costs $20,000 a vial. You'll need as many as 20. Animal control says to keep snakes away, spray ammonia, vinegar, or cinnamon. They don't like those smells. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. 
Massachusetts actually does have a native rattlesnake. It's called the timber rattlesnake, but they're extremely rare and only found in the Connecticut River Valley. In sports, the Celtics have forced a Game 5 after beating the Heat 116-99 in a must-win Eastern Conference Finals Game 4. Next match is Thursday in Boston. And the Red Sox have lost their third in a row after being shut out 4-0 by the Los Angeles Angels. They hope to salvage the series finale tonight. Now for your local forecast from ABC6. Well, we're going to be warming up nicely today. We're going to see those sunny skies and upper 60s for our high. But we are tracking this cold front that's going to be moving through later on this evening after 8 p.m. And that's just going to bring some light scattered showers that tend to fall apart as it gets to our area. So just expect that to quickly move through the area. Overnight low, upper 40s for tomorrow. A little bit cooler, low to mid 60s. From the ABC 6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 48 degrees and sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Life is hard, and so am I. You better give me something so I don't die. And welcome back in uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or app chat on the WBSM app. Hey, listen, SeizeTheDeal.com is the place to go to get half-price deals for all kinds of places across the South Coast. We want to save you money when you go out to eat. And sometimes it's about going out and sitting down and having a nice meal. Maybe... The one that we have coming up soon, $50 to Uptown Food and Spirits for just $25 or $50 to Taqueria La Raza for $25 or maybe heading out for breakfast, $50 to Mimi's Kitchen for $25. But sometimes it's not just about going out and and sitting down having a full meal. Sometimes it's about saving you some money on your morning coffee, your morning donut. Don't worry, we won't tell anybody that you start each day with a donut. You can get $25 gift certificate to the Honeydew Donuts on Route 18 in New Bedford for just $12.50 at SeizeTheDeal.com. It's one of the many great deals that we have up there right now and others that are coming soon. I mentioned the Uptown one that is available soon. So We'll also have $20 to Sonic for just $10. And also, we have coming up $50 to Home Plate on Bay Street in Taunton, $25. So those are just some of the ones that are coming up, and there's a ton of great deals that are available right now. Yozakura Sushi, Buddies and Brother, Bridgeview Grill, Panchero's Mexican Grill, Mr. Chicken, Peyton's, Yas Chicken, Festiva Buffet, all some of the places right now that you can get half-price deals at SeizeTheDeal.com. So if you're not checking it every day, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're the kind of person that doesn't care about saving money. Maybe you're the kind of person that lights cigars with $100 bills. 
Maybe you're the kind of person that has a, a reserve of gold coins that you like to dive into and swim in like Scrooge McDuck. But for the rest of us, we need to save some money. And we do so by going to SeizeTheDeal.com. And you know what? If you go there and you get those half-price deals, you can invite the bear to join you and have dinner with you. I don't know that he won't eat you as well, but you could have dinner with the bear. Uh, so anyway, SeizeTheDeal.com if you want to find out more about those deals. Make sure you bookmark it and check it each and every day. All right, well, we were talking about the bear. We were talking about the screw bandit finally being captured, uh, the alleged screw bandit finally being captured. I was talking about cell phones in schools and whether or not you support the idea of them not being available, cell phones not being available to students. And I had mentioned that today is the day to get out and vote in Rochester. And I don't need to rehash all of the things that have been going on with the Rochester School Committee, of the old Rochester School Committee and the Rochester School Committee. So there are, you know, as you probably have heard us talk about, but if you're not familiar, there are the town school committees and then there's the regional school committee because the three towns in the tri-town send all their students to the same middle school and high school. Well, unless they go to the vocational school, but so they have the old Rochester regional school committee and then each town has its individual school committee. And so there are candidates for both on the ballot today. And there are candidates who are supporting, you know, kind of one side of the conversation. Uh, Joe Pyers has been on this station quite a bit in the past talking about the books that were controversial in the old Rochester library. Um, There's other candidates who have come forward with some of their thoughts about LGBTQ members of the community, even while saying taking the books out of the school are not about that. That taking those books that, that they want to see removed from the school, like Gender Queer, isn't about the content. It's about the content of the book, not about trying to silence that portion of the population. But then also posting on Facebook how, you know, that's that lifestyle is not right in the eyes of God. Well, I don't know. You know I think the people of the Tritown have had their opportunity to hear the different sides. They've seen the attacks that have happened. They have probably followed along with the social media drama. And today is the day where they will all go out and make a decision. So no matter where you fall on that, no matter which side you support, which perspective you support, which candidate you support, make sure you get out there and vote because there's nothing more important than voting in a local municipal election because those are your friends and neighbors and the people who make the decisions at the local level that really affect you on a day-to-day basis. So you should definitely take part in your local municipal elections, and, uh, and we'll see. We've seen the candidates who are supporting this more conservative family values mindset lost in Freetown, lost in Mattapoisett. So we'll see how it shakes out today. In, uh, lost in Dartmouth. We'll see how it shakes out today in, Mattapo- in, uh, in Rochester. I'm confusing all my tri-town towns. All right. Why don't we take our next break so I can get my head straight? We'll be back in a few. And back to your calls, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hey, good morning. I think that, um, I think the cell phone thing, uh, that, yes, the children should have, uh, they, should, they should be not interfered with concerning their cell phones. And I go even a step further and say all children should have a cell phone. should be mandatory as a learning tool. Another tool in their toolbox in the social media world we live in. Uh, Obama phone is good enough for adults. 
coming across the border, phones are handed to strangers. I think there's an educational tool. The government should step it up. All children have a cell phone. So you now, want, it's you, not going to save lives, but it's educational. We saw in, in uh, was it Val, Valde, Texas, uh, the cell phone won't save your life mm-hmm. if no one's on the other end to respond to your cry for help. But we're not talking about crying for help. We're talking about education. Every child should have a phone. And I don't care if it comes out of the pockets of Bristol County or the federal government. Hmm. we got to level the playing field and give access to these children that do want to learn. And um, I don't think poverty should be an obstacle for free media communication for these children in the 21st century. Well, I, I think that there will be some people that will agree with you. There will be others who will say, I'm all for kids having phones, but it's got to be supplied by the parents, not by, not by the government. I agree that um, the same thing with immigration. Come on, parents, smarten up. You know, four million people coming across Texas line don't cut it with me. Step it up all around the board, and then you'll pick on our children in Bristol County. I think every child in Bristol County should have a phone, and I should pay for it as well as you. All right. I think there might be some uh, controversy there, but thank you for the call. You have a good day. And if you want to respond to that, 508-996-0500. Uh, that is the way to have your voice heard. But there's another way that you can also have your voice heard, and that is by an open line voicemail message. Uh, that is the way that you can actually send in a recorded message to us that we can play right here on the air. And uh, we got one that I would like to share with you. So hang on, we'll play that for you. Hi, Tim. I'm David, originally from New Bedford, but currently in Dallas. Regarding bears, approximately 10 years ago, I was hiking at Yellowstone when an established trail was cordoned off with yellow police tape. Turns out a couple got too close to a mother with cubs. In protecting her young, she disemboweled the male hiker, but because the female hiker played dead, the mother bear left her alone. Good admonitions for all. Sorry, I just got to play part two there because he went a little bit longer than the played. Hi, Tim. I'm David, originally from New Bedford, but currently in Dallas. Looks like Approximately 10 thing. years ago, I was hiking at Yellowstone when an established what, what trail was cordoned though, right? off with yellow police tape. David, we Turns need to hire A couple you. got too close to a mother with cubs. In protecting her young, she disemboweled the male hiker. Because the female hiker played dead, however, the mother bear left her alone. Good admonitions for all to hear regarding bears. There we go. Thank you, David, for the uh, open line voicemail message. And what a voice. And see, you hear how good that quality is. You sound even better than if you were on the telephone. So if you want to send one of those to us, all you have to do is open up the WBSM app. In the middle there, you'll see the open line button. You hit that. It asks you what kind of media you want to send over. You want to select that you want to send an audio recording. And then you open it up and you have 30 seconds there to record your message and say what's on your mind. And then sends it over to us. We can preview it. We can play it on the air. Why wait on the phone if you don't have that kind of time, right? You can record the message and send that to us anytime. All right, got to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. And, you know, just because Mother's Day is passed doesn't mean that you can't still take mom out for dinner, right? Or bring her out to celebrate her or give her a gift certificate so she can have dinner without you. That might be a better gift depending on how you get along with your mom. Well, at Alianza in New Bedford, they're actually celebrating Mother's Day all month long. It's Mother's Month at Alianza. If you stop in and buy a $50 gift certificate to Alianza, uh, $50 in gift cards to Alianza, you'll get an additional $10 bonus card. 
So not only do you go there and you get $50 to spend at Alianza, which goes a long way there, uh, despite the big portion sizes and the delicious food, it's very, very affordable. But not only can you go there and buy $50 in Alianza gift cards, you will get an additional $10 bonus card. And you get to take your mom out for one of the most fantastic meals she can have on the South Coast. As I like to say, I, I go there on Fridays and I get the, the octopus, but everything on the menu is delicious. And if you want to find out more about this deal or if you want to check out more about their menu, all you have to do is go to AllianzaRestaurant.com for more information. And you can see all the beautiful steaks that they make there and the, the special sauces that they come up with and seafood dishes. Oh, everything is so good there. I know your mom will love it. All you have to do, though, is go there, buy those $50 in gift cards, get that additional $10, and you will be eating in style. So check it out, AllianzaRestaurant.com for more information. All right, we're going to take our break for the news coming up. On the other side of the news, we'll be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell for Midweek with the Mayor. We have a number of different things we can talk about, about what's going on in the city, and we'll take your phone calls as well. 508-996-0500. You can also send an app chat messages. I don't always get a chance to see them while having the discussion with the mayor, but if I can, I will I'll bring them into the conversation. But of course, the phone is the best way because then you and the mayor can talk to each other. And don't forget to Marcus Ferro coming up uh, after this program. I believe he'll have Chris with him again today and you'll be able to hear more of the latest on the bear. They all, They are tracking the bear. Chris and Marcus have sent out feelers to all the law enforcement in the area. They're getting all the updates on the bear as the bear moves around. So they'll have